Hi, and welcome to Adventure Blather with Emily and Hannah, the podcast where we talk world swimming, to running, to travel and seeing the world. So whether you're listening on an adventure or wondering where to start, then this is the podcast for you. Okay, hi, welcome to a very special episode of the Adventure Blather. We've got a special guest today, haven't we, Hannah? We have. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm always excited. <laughs> you are always excited. But we have the fabulous Leanne, um, Leanne Closter back from episode, I can't even remember, three, two, one, three. three. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Leanne, for the three, the fingers that you've held up there. <laughs> but we had such a great chat with Leanne and she was super popular um, with all our listeners. And we got such great feedback that we just had to invite her back to tell us basically how the summer went. Well, <laughs> so welcome Leanne back to the podcast thank you for having me again I just think we had to like you anyone that followed your adventures over the summer just were absolutely amazing and uh, the amount of island hopping you did I was very jealous and absolutely love following your story so we wanted to get you back and get your first first hand experience of the epic summer but we have to start we have to touch down I mean, you started off with the British package holiday, is that right? Well, I went to Tyree for a weekend before that. That was gorgeous. It was beautiful. So that was nice. Went there, just a one-night trip, £24 CalMac ticket. And it was lovely. We went there. The weather forecast was really, really poor. We slept in the car the night before near the ferry terminal, and it was awful. I'm like, this ferry's probably not going to run. Oh, wow. Anyway, we got there, and the sun came out, and it was beautiful. And we just had the place to ourselves, this whole beach. So it was really, really nice. That was a good way to start summer holidays. The kids finished school at one o'clock that day. And by quarter past one, I'm like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Left them at my sister's. Summer started. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I remember like you going on that trip. And I think going, why is she getting all the good weather? Because like in Paisley, it was pouring. And you're like <laughs> on this gorgeous tidy beach. Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It actually the sunniest place in Britain? Supposed to be, yeah. And it's really flat, so I think it's just constant wind. But I don't know why. It's something to do with the jet stream, maybe, or something like that. I wasn't complaining. It was beautiful. But believe me, the next day we got wet. It, it <laughs> rained. We had a two-hour walk back to get the ferry, and it rained and rained and rained. But and well, I'd been so sunburnt the day before because I totally underestimated how hot it was with the wind. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. You were walking back to this ferry terminal, face sun-scalped, and I mean red raw. Okay. And uh, we just like just like that. A good weekend to start off the summer holidays, and it was probably nice to have some quiet time before the madness of the package holiday. Please oh, tell us. We have to hear it. So if you didn't like, if you didn't watch Leanne's stories before, I mean, I don't know if you've saved them to highlight Leanne, but they were they epitomise those moments in a British summer package holiday that everybody has experienced: the towels, the menu, like the restaurants. Being on holiday with your family, just in general. I mean, you captured it all, but give us it. Well, it is all saved in a story on my <clears throat> on my Instagram. But the when I went, I went with a view of thinking, look, I'm going to put my phone away this week, enjoy some time with the kids. And my sister, my mum and my nephew were there as well. But I think for the minute I went and got to the airport and it was just started. My sister was in a different car with my mum and my nephew. And my uncle was driving, my uncle drives in second gear all the time so they were already turning up really really late and my mum's quite she's quite anxious and one of those people likes to check in three hours before oh yeah sat in the airport so anyway it was already funny for the get-go I could see Louise's face when she'd walked into the airport and I thought they're going to fall out soon they're sharing a room not my problem 
And it was my kids' first time abroad. So we've just, like, I've not been abroad for 12 years. We've just been holidaying in the UK all the time with the kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. So try to tell them what, what it's going to be like. I was so out of sync, uh, a package holiday. I hadn't been one for 20-odd years. I've been away. The holidays I'd been previously were Australian stuff. So you were kind of tailor-making your own trips and everything else. But this was an eye-opener for the get-go. So obviously it's the session airport. I don't drink. So everybody's on it. This plane's bouncing. <laughs> and then it lands in Turkey and everybody starts clapping. And my kids are like, why are they clapping? I'm like, that is a great question. I've got no idea. Because you will only ever get this on a package holiday. You, you don't get it in any airplane. No, yeah. you never get it. The only time I've ever actually experienced clapping on a non-package holiday was we flew to Paris and the flight was horrendous. It was like two storms had met. And I was being oh, like sick in a travel like sickness bag. It was like the, the plane was up and down. So I think when we landed, everybody was just like, we're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was yeah. just this this is just the start. So they were clapping, then we're at the conveyor belt, and you, you can imagine the carnage. It's just like half past eight night now, right? It's roasting. And the kids are like, Why is it so warm? And I'm like, Oh my god, this is gonna be a long week. <laughs> Why um, is it so warm? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just taking the package holiday bus, you know, like normal people would do, my mum beforehand took herself into a shop and booked some guy to come and get us. So we're standing outside this ferry terminal, watching the package holiday bus drive away. Promised a 40-minute taxi journey, which was an hour and a half for some dodgy-looking guy. Mm. I thought, right, this is the start of something mad here. I don't know what she's booked us up for. I was just told to go in and pay at certain times. <laughs> so anyway, we get to the hotel that night, and it's about 11 o'clock by this time, half 11. And my mum's furious. I've not kept any food for her. Like the all-inclusive should be kept open. Right. For <laughs> <laughs> Glasgow. <laughs> so I was like, right. We ended up going up to bed, went to sleep, got up the next morning, and I came downstairs, and I just there was really really big hotel as well, and there's four pools, and there's my mum. She's got her spot. All these towels are out, and she knows everybody's business by this point. Oh my god. So I'm obviously got the kids there. I want to go and get fed. She's like, who's going to keep the spaces? So she ended up sacrificing herself to sit with these towels while I went and fed the kids. And then I had to return the favour when I got back and it was chronic. So that's how it went every day with the towel situation. And about day three or something, the manager came and was lifting towels off bed. So the kids were curious about that. My mum's obviously channeling her inner German for somewhere. <laughs> she's, then she's moved her spot. She's like, nobody better take my place. And I'm like, well, you've just took somebody else's place. So we're bickering about these towels. And that's how it's going. So then, to the get-go, my mum says to me, don't bring any of those wacko sewing costumes you wear. So wacko sewing costumes is your lovely, is your lovely Batoko, lovely, unusual swimming costumes that are, you know, we all she have She thinks they're horrendous. <laughs> yeah, she thinks they're awful. Yeah. I've got a couple of respectable costumes that I wear when I'm at work swimming, but other than that, now I don't, I just wear whatever I like to work, the other stuff, but... I went and bought this lovely wee flowery number, Little House in the Prairie. We down to the pool first day, nice big straw hat, looking <laughs> really, really good. And she's like, oh, that's lovely. And I'm like, no worries. The next day, shark costume on, and I've came down, strolling down, and you can just see her sit up. Like somebody on a deathbed just coming up and looking. And I shake my head, and I'm like, oh, she's not going to like this. And that was how it went for the rest of the holiday. I had wacko costumes on for every day of the trip. Oh. <laughs> It's not actually because see like you know those dip and dale costumes we won uh, we wear sorry, um me and Hannah had a chat with Zoe and she, it was funny that she said see her she sells one plain black swimming costume because she thought I should have a black one because 
you know, black's what people have wore for years and it, it, not everybody wants to be bright and colourful. She's like, it's my worst seller. <laughs> like everybody wants the peaches, <laughs> the bright avocado purples, all that kind of stuff. But it's a generation thing as well, isn't it? <laughs> I think, you know, maybe. I don't know. I was in a pool last week and there was a lot of people in black swimming costumes mm-hmm. and I had my narwhal one on and I looked up and another woman came out with the baby pool after some class and she had one on and I thought, we know each other. Then I'm like, actually, I don't know you. <laughs> I know, but it's that. It's <laughs> yeah, it was that. And then where my mum parked our sun loungers every single day was right next to the lunch queue. So oh. I don't know, <laughs> the British in the queue, right? Oh, the so the lunch queue. is getting served every single day from half past 12 to half past four. And this queue is starting at 12 and a dot. And these people are standing in this crazy, crazy sun, mm. waiting to get food that's going to be served on repeat. All day. Four hours. It's just, I'm like, I don't get it. It's madness. I know. What time did breakfast stop being served, just out of interest? I think about 10, half past 10. I'm sure it's about half past 10. So about seven to half past 10, it was breakfast. And then half 12 to half four, there was this continuous lunch. And and I mean continuous, it was constantly topped up. Nobody was going hungry on that holiday. I know. But two hours without food. Being served, you know, everyone's starting to get a bit faint. Nobody's fine as a show. Everybody was absolutely fine because I tell you, they're on that all inclusive bar for the get go. <laughs> Everybody's fine. <laughs> I know the British do, the British love a queue, and I feel like the Germans get a bad rap for the sunbed carry on because actually now it's the Brits that are the worst, the absolute oh, worst. I, yeah, I, I think probably every nationality's got their own little reputation with stuff because I think like. When we got to that pool, obviously it was a Scottish school holiday, so there weren't many English school children there yet. So, you know, it was separated by dads strolling about in either the Celtic top or the Rangers top, and I'm talking every top they could find for a week's holiday. This suitcase would have been packed, either green and white or blue. Oh, and that's how it was for the whole week. Just yeah. that's, I think, like this state their claim, this is my side here, and this is where I'm going to go. So then it came to the before we went this holiday, my mum kept saying about going this boat trip and stuff. And I'm like, look, I've not been on a boat trip since, like, like that kind of trip. Yeah. Since I caught 18 to 30 holiday in Maglouf back in the day. I don't think this is for me. I don't think it's for the kids. Anyway, she goes to meet some guy in person one day. He's called Tuna. And I'm like, this doesn't sound right. This guy's called Tuna. <laughs> and I'm like, we're going to get sex trafficked out of here. Then it's me looking at my sister. And the two of us are joking. I'm like, we'd be the only two people to be sex trafficked in return for the cheek. <laughs> Right, she comes back a couple hours later. She's paid this guy cash. Cash oh my god! Right, and I'm like, you're getting bumped. <laughs> anyway, the next morning, this guy comes and picks us up at a hotel, and it was like something that a born film. Right, this was top speed chase. Oh, Probably only about three streets we went, but it was like top speed. The kids are in the back row. The air conditioning units above their head. That's dripping water, <laughs> dripping, dripping, dripping. And then it stopped at some hotel and just told people to jump on knees and stuff like that and my mum's saying no that's against health and safety and I'm like oh for god's sake so we get to this boat this boat and I'm like this is get Goonies vibes <laughs> I'm like this is not going to really good <laughs> so we get on the boat and the drinking's already started and it's just so Scottish people then one kind of foreign family who my mum ended up arguing with over who's claiming what seat oh how many people your mum's got a thing about seats in areas she likes to be seat she likes to be seat so she does. She'll, be listening, she'll listen to this, baby, and I'll, I'll get it near. I will get it. <laughs> we love but you, Leanne's mum. 
<laughs> but while I'm posting all this stuff at the time, like I was, I didn't plan to post stories, but obviously I was doing little stories every single day. And I'm like, this is just, I, I, people had to hear this. I thought, is this normal? <laughs> so anyway, some, my dad stayed at home and worked that week. He had made the, the right decision, right? Somebody had seen my Instagram stories, fed back to their dad. Their dad messaged my dad and my dad messaged my mum in Turkey to say, hey, you're our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you're a hit. And so I got to the lounge one morning. She's like, "You better not be posting about me the day." Oh. I'm like, "You are the star of the show." She really was. Like, not in any t- kind of bad way. I just thought she is. She's she's invested in the holiday. She wants. To, oh, she wants. She wants she to make it good for you all. I think that's where it comes from. But it just oh, it rang so true with all holidays I think I've ever been on. It's <laughs> a total eye opener, honestly. And even on that boat, I turned in at one point, and one of the guys on the boat, and it must have been about twenty five, say. Was like really making her laugh, and I'm looking, thinking, oh my god, I'm going home with my new dad. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> he's really making her laugh here. Anyway, my mum will not go in the water. She won't even go in like, the sea. She won't go in the pool. Nothing. But there she is so on she, the boat. <laughs> she's out there on the boat. I'm jumping off it in another in the shark costume again. Mm-hmm. She's having to pick on three occasions in that holiday a wedge out my bum because I've been doing slides. <laughs> well, me and my sister were just having the best time ever. Oh, so was there any falling out or was it all hunky-dory? There was no, I think, I didn't fall out with my mum. I fell out with my 10-year-old because on maybe like halfway into the holiday, she just says, nah, I'm not wearing sun cream anymore. And I'm like, is that right? <laughs> so we had a wee hour in the room and we went up to the room and I says to her, like, this is a, what's going to happen is you'll fry. So we're going to lie here and think about it for a while. But it was like strategic because I'll be on the bed with my legs open, my swimming costume on, I the air con unit. So... One win. She accepted sun cream. I got another to cool down with a chub rub. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it's hard work. I think the heat, especially that, I mean, I know we're all saying about it's been warm just now, but see when you're on holiday and there's just that, like when the kids start acting up and stuff and you're like, I'm too hot and sweaty and just hot constantly <laughs> to deal with this right now. That's disgusting. Oh, it's... There was a night, see the kids club, there was a night the kids joined the kids club and I thought it's great, I thought all inclusive it's going to be included for it. So they were up on the stage, they were dancing, I thought oh, that's nice, they're coming out their shell, they're meeting people and then they took themselves to this kids club and they're like, oh parents you need to go and just sign them in, I'm like, that's great, wee bit of security. Got there and they're wanting £10 each. <laughs> so there was no mention of money, so I'm getting them at the faces like, you suddenly asking for this some more. <laughs> and I would for two hours. I'm sitting absolutely roasting outside, waiting them for two hours, like some mad stalker. And I, they, they came out with an inflatable dog balloon. I'm like, thanks. I know. My two are too old for that. Well, not old, but like Amy's too old for kids' club. Sophie wouldn't go without her. Um, I think the one time they did go, it was something that I actually ended up having to pay for. I went, they're not interested in going any of the free stuff. But as soon as there was some like chocolate party or something, it was like, yeah, I'll go to that. At ten euros each, and I'm going. Could you not go to the free stuff through the day? <laughs> They're not interested. They're not yeah. daft. No. So package holiday next year, same time. <laughs> well, I think they're going to go with a dad. He, Dave says that he's talking about booking a holiday, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I said, in maybe two years' time, I would do it just me and the kids, but I'd probably go somewhere I know. See somewhere like Spain, and it's. Mm. I think you get what you pay for on your trips, and I'm glad the kids experienced it. It's just. And it's not me being like snooty or anything like that because I'm common as muck and from Clive Bank. I will go anywhere. Like, I'm happy to slum it in a tent and wear the same clothes for days on end. Mm-hmm. But I just think that kind of holiday is not for me. I don't drink. So 
it's just that kind of culture's wasted on me, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've been a fan of the package holiday for the fact that, like, there's not really much thought goes into it, especially when they were younger. But we realised this year that we probably need somewhere that's got something near it that we can walk to or go on a bus to or see stuff, see stuff because I think they're they're all right at the pool and stuff, but after a while they're like, nah, we're kind of bored now. Yeah. Which, you know, before it was like they would have spent all their time there. So it's just time changes and yeah. you just have to that that's probably how I've not been for years. This life changes, isn't it? But absolutely, I don't know. It's a long time. Like that was only a week, and I kept thinking, can imagine being two weeks here. This would be a, a suffering. Two weeks is too long <laughs> for me. As we're we're ten days, and even then, I'm like, I'm ready to go home on the tenth mm-hmm. day. Like I feel like I'm I'm good. Um. So you came home, and came then what home. happened? Did you the kids away their dads? No, they, they went. They came home and they went there for one night. No, the way we work it out. David takes the kids for two weeks in summer, two separate weeks. Mm-hmm. So we can have a certain year we work out our diaries and stuff, but who's taking annual leave and when, and we work it out from there. So they went to his for one night, and then they came back, and then that weekend we went to the Isle of Gia, so I had already booked a campsite. Mm-hmm. It was a new campsite that opened this year, and it, it was brilliant. <clears throat> really, really good for a small family. Um, Tommy came, we went over in the afternoon. In fact, probably at lunchtime we went, and it's just beautiful there. I don't know if you've ever been. No, but it's, it's like a 20-minute drive from the main on the way to Campbelltown. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. where I've, I've seen it. I've seen the signs, but we never went. It's beautiful. It's like a 20-minute ferry. It's quite cheap as well. We took the car over because we booked this campsite, so we took one of the bigger tents this time, and there's just there's loads of wee things to do. It was a nice wee walk through the woods, and it was like a wee cosy cabin in the woods and tree swings and stuff, and then went up to Twin Beaches and swam. And I think the, like, my girls will quite happily camp anywhere, but I think because it was a brand-new campsite and they were just loving exploring it and stuff, and it was safe, so... Oh, we had a really nice time there. Went there for the weekend, came back. When we go back on the mainland, we just spent some time just south of Macrahanish, a lovely beach there. And then mm. I went back to work for a few days. And then it came to the Friday, and that was the kids going to their dad's for the first week out the two for the summer. And that was, we had nine days. So at the start of the year, Tommy and I, when the Calmac Ferry timetable came out, we sat and we really, really. Little forensic scientists or geeks really, really scrutinised this timetable because there's four small aisles and we were hoping to do all four. And the way it kept working out, we thought that we would just be able to do three. And then you get tidal amendments that get announced and then things can change. But anyway, we worked it out, managed to book a trip to go to all four islands. And then it was time for that to happen. So we drove up to Malig on a Friday night and Everything was looking good. The, the forecast wasn't that great for the Saturday, but we got up in the morning, we went to Rum, so that was the first part of the trip. And we made that the first part of the trip, purely for the reason being it's going to be the hardest bit, so we're going to do a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. So the plan was to do the full Rum, Pool and Traverse, which is five big, jaggy, disgusting hills. And it was warm. And the rain, the rain wasn't as bad as what we were expecting it to be that day. So we had a really, it was a nice walk up did the first two hills after doing the first hill we got down that and I'm like I need a break like it was a bit scary with 65 litre backpacks on our back because we're out for five days we've got no car or anything can't take the car over the islands so you're carrying like a tent and everything everything so we split Tommy had the tent I had the cooking stuff he had the food and I can't remember what else I had but we kind of dabbed up in, in two bags and all our food and stuff was in the bags for those days as well and um 
that the plan was to do some of those hills on that traverse and then camp high and then do the rest. So we did the first one. It was a bit sketchy coming down. I thought it was a bit exposed. I've never really did like real scrambling like that. And I think it's even worse when I've got that big backpack on. But anyway, we got down. I just took five, ten minutes to kind of get my wits about. We went up to the second one, which was the highest, the, the Corbett Mascaval. So we got to the top of that and it was in Clag. And I was just happy to be up there. But must have sat down for about five minutes. I think I was just about crying in a nature valley. Like, oh my, this is awful. <laughs> and the cloud cleared. And I kid you know what, you could see everywhere. So you could see it like, out to the whole outer Hebrides, Col, Tyree, Treshnish, Staffa, Oban. Uh, no, sorry, Mull, you could see, and then right round the whole sky cooling was in view the whole day. And then you could see the small elves that we were all going to. So I thought, oh, because you know, this has actually been worth it. And then we had to get down for there, didn't we? And it's so we had to descend 200 metres. <laughs> we're not speaking by this point. I was going to say, <laughs> like, how's the relationship like, no. this bit? <laughs> no, because he really likes hills. He's out there getting my washing in. He really likes mountains and stuff. He's almost finished his Monroe's, and that's great. Like, I, I think it's good. He's quite, I don't know, I think I'm maybe too cautious, whereas he's broke his leg in a Monroe and been helicoptered off and is nowhere near any, like, the cautious level I'm at. So, anyway, it's a 400 metre um, descent to get to this BLAC. And I got down to it and I'm like, we're camping here. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not doing those other three hills tomorrow. I said, ah, I'm done. That's me. My limit has been reached. I says, but you go tomorrow. I says, now go down this route here and get to the Bothy. So the plan was to Bothy the second night. So anyway, he goes away and filters water. I've got the tech with tools, put the tent up. I'm sorting the sleeping bags and mats and stuff. And we cooked our dinner. And the minute we put the bowl down, this weather just came out of nowhere. And it was just mad wind, crazy rain. And that was it for the whole night. So woke up in the morning. I was like adamant, I'm not doing these other three hills. But he woke up and he's like, I don't think it's safe for us today. And I'm like, smiling, like a pure feral <laughs> maniac. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, we'll, maybe one day we'll come back. Knowing fine well, I'm never going to go back and do them, right? <laughs> so we pack up. And I'm sure on my stories, I'd save, like, I always, when I go trips, I save them in highlights at the top. And you'll see there's a video of me and he's bent over pulling the tent down. And I'm, like, smiling, like, here's Johnny stuff. <laughs> out of my jacket. Everything's blown like a hoolie. And it's just mad. So with a two-hour walk down to the Bothy from there, and it was a bog fest. And you can see the Bothy and front of you and then you look with this big water crossing to go and by that point I'm like nah just right through it walked right through wow. there was none of this trying to step on you wouldn't be able to step in stones because it was quite um, big and then we get into the bothy and I think normally when we go to a bothy it's like close off jammies on or, or get changed and comfy anyway it took me about half an hour oh, to get everything off and just that way I'm looking at my feet and like I've got trenched foot <laughs> right pure drama queen and it was good and obviously this bothy is so remote Unless you're on the Isle of Rum and doing those hills, or unless you're some bothy sadist and like to walk up a big giant hill to get down to the bothy three hours later, mm-hmm. nobody was coming to those hills, coming to that bothy on that day because the weather was so bad. So we had a lovely day there. I had a nap. There was books in the shelves. We read them. And it was just a pure chilled day. And we were there until the next day at lunchtime. And then we had to make the walk back to Kinloch. And that's when like, my face was really scudding by this point. I thought, I've been looked at the map, I didn't realise how much a cent there was going to be to go back. Mm-hmm. I think Tommy's having the time of his life, he's enjoying it. He's going up extra hills to take nice pictures, so I'm like, you're just punishing yourself for this extra cent, I'll wait here. <laughs> I've had the same clothes on for three days now, so I'm like, I'm radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> and 
no plan. Like we'd seen two shivers in Kinloch when the ferry comes in. We'd seen two shivers there. We had no plans like, to pay anywhere to camp. We were just well camping. And there was a campsite there. The showers you could access anyway, the toilets you could access anyway. Mm-hmm. But like, no, we're paying for a flat bit of turf tonight to to get camping. So we come away down this bit. He ended up going ahead. Um, and then I had my first tick on that, that walk. And it was weird. It was just in my hand. It must have come off my walking pole. So I've eventually got into um, Kinlock. He's ran back. He's like, give me a backpack. Cause he's already being dumped his because he's soft, dead fast. And I'm like, no, I'll carry my own bag now. I'm independent. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I'm like, you know what? You can take the bag. Take <laughs> Bloody take it. <laughs> right. So we got back into Kinlock. And we, this, this bit of turf here, I've emailed ahead to the guy saying, look, can we pick I'll just take anywhere you like. Obviously, it's a small bit of grass. There was a few tents there and I get a good set of grass. She's like, Hi. Hi Leanne, like I'm, oh I follow you on Instagram and I'm like, oh hi. And then there was other people popping out of tents later. I'm like, hi, follow <laughs> you as well. <laughs> like, imagine being on this tiny island. Yeah. And I remember she came to give me a cuddle and I'm like, I, I am really smelly right now. Don't touch me. Uh, and there's, I says, I smell of popcorn. I think because my clothes have been so wet and dried and wet oh. and dry. And it's, I was like, just thinks of popcorn. And I probably peed myself and I'm really sweaty and I've not been washed for days. And, and she's like, that's okay. <laughs> <Cuddle with> me. <laughs> She's like, I'm already going in there. <laughs> but then we got, um, so right, we, we got a shower and then came back and it, this, it just had this little shed for charging uh, power banks and stuff and went in there to charge and it was five of them and we ended up having a really, really good night just chatting away to them. Um, one of the girls was on her third round of Monroe's. The rest of them are just about finished. I know, yeah, they make it sound easy and I'd recognise the girl from all these Scottish hillwalking pages and I'm like, you're the one that does all that karate chopping on top of Mountains. I think she like on and does all these poses, and, I, and she's like, oh "My God!" But with a really nice night with them, and it's weird because there's five of them, and one of them is kind of older. Peter, we'd spoke to him about in a shop later on the trip, and uh, it's just a lovely friendship. They've just met on the hills and had this friendship, and they, they do all these hills together. So it was nice. So we're there for a night. Left there the next morning. We went to the shop. We picked up a tin of custard, right? So the shopping room's not. Not that great compared to other islands. We picked up this tin of custard and we had half a Jamaica ginger cake left. And I had big plans. I'm like, this is going to be the most romantic night of your life, Tommy. Your life, Tommy. So we sat this walk to Kinloch and it's a three-hour walk to get there. And it takes you through like the deer reserve. Because obviously it's the big deer studies going on there. So there's no cull on this part of the island. And we get about halfway into the walk and then you know you're getting close to the deers because it was just clegs, clegs and more clegs. Clegs again. So I was getting bit through clothes. Um, screaming, being a pure drama queen. This is the worst experience of my life. And then eventually we got to, oh my, yeah, we got to this place. It's called Kilmore Bay, and it just it's in the north of Rum. This sandy beach just looks out to the sky cooling, mm-hmm. and it's a bit of sea. You would just pass if you're going to like South Hughes and stuff. It's just beautiful. So obviously we were there ourselves, just us and a couple of hundred deer. And by that point, we started to notice a couple of hundred ticks as well. So it was like tick fest. Loads of clegs. They calmed down once we got to the beach. And we had a nice camp there. So later that night, we took kind of watch sunset and stuff. And then I was like, oh, well, we have that Jamaica ginger cake and custard. And we got the custard out the bag and there was no ring pool. And I'm, I'm oh, so yeah. deflated. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Tommy, he's like a knife. Right in. <laughs> That's it. Cracks it open. Chucks it in a frying pan. We've heated it up and just broke the cake up in there. And then two sat and ate it out of this one pan. Oh. And I'm like, this is the best. This is the best part of this entire island has been this cake and custard. <laughs> that was fine. The next day we got up and we did a big walk back through all the clegs again. And then 
we got, we said, because we knew it was a three-hour walk, it was a really hot day. Bear in mind, our forecast was meant to be crap the whole time. And the only night with the bad weather was, or night into the next day was the night on the hill we camped. And then obviously at the Bothy. Mm-hmm. But this was really, really hot. And I'm like, see, we get back to that shop. Let's get ice lollies. And that was what kept us going the whole day. And I don't drink fizzy juice either. But he, we got back to this shop. He had a can of juice and an ice lolly. I had a oasis and an ice lolly. And it was like, I put Marvin Gaze, let's get it on. I'm like, this is the most sexual moment ever. <laughs> so we went from pure romance at the cake and custard to pure sexual at the, the ice lolly <laughs> after this long, hot walk. So we got a shower there. And then went back to our ferry. And then we got on the boat. Tommy, right away, knows somebody, his cousin, is working on the boat, works for Calmac. We never knew that. And then, out of nowhere, these dolphins, and dolphins en masse, started jumping about like a maniac. So I'm like, this is the best day of my life ever. Oh. Me and all these wains at the side of the, the boat. <laughs> and it was just beautiful. It was like really, really nice um, to do that. So we were getting the boat back to my leg. We were going to spend a night there. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was in Rome, I was like, when we get to my leg, I'm going to get fish and chips as my treat for doing this trip, because that's obviously the hardest bit of the, the walking and all that. It's all done. And this is what I'm going to get. So we got off the boat in my leg, dumped the bags in the car, went straight to this pub. And I'm like, fish and chips, there's actually none left. And oh I'm like, you're kidding like, All these fishermen are bringing this fresh fish in and there's no fish and chips left. So we ended up having some dinner in there. Slept in the car that night at Arisig, had the most beautiful sunset, packed the bags again, clean clothes, restocked the food, up in the morning, back to Malig, and then on our next lot of ferries. So the hard part was done, and now it was just kind of more relaxed. Mm-hmm. So we got on the ferry, Malig, in the morning, and went to the Isle of Muck. Mm-hmm. And it's quite small. So that I was happy about that. We stopped at this wee place first and made some soup. And I think we were both tired by that point. I'm like, what's the plan? We're going to walk to this beach and we're just going to chill. So we went one night in muck. We walked literally the length of the island up to this beach, mm-hmm. facing onto the rum cooling where we'd just been in my naps. Like I was ugly snoring face down, I think, on my mat. And, and I don't sleep face down, but I think that's just a level how tired I was at this point. Do people live on the island muck? Yeah, there's people yeah. on every island. Yeah, and muck. And see, when you, the good thing about the islands is when you go to them, there's all these um, craft shops. Mm-hmm. And on the Isle of Muck, that craft shop there... It's obviously all people that live in the island and they've got different things. Maybe some are doing stuff for a, the, a wee school project or some are doing like knitting or crocheting and then some's got like fresh vegetables for their garden. Right. With it, on the little sections of this shop is card about their life on muck and how they, they came to live there or how, where they're from. And there was a girl, a follower now on Instagram, but her story was she was an A&E nurse on the mainland and had met a gamekeeper and she moved there to be with and they've had a, a baby and stuff. So oh. it's just like that, that wee story always stuck in me. So there was all these wee craft shops and then we just spent the night at that place. It had rained a bit that day and then we had a nice night, really good sleep. And then the next morning it was, woke up, opened the tent and it was like crystal clear skies so blue sun split in the sky and I'm like I'm going down the beach but I brought a dress Tommy had his camera with him and I'm like make me look beautiful (laughs) just make me look good so I put a bra on for experience (laughs) it does he's really kind of good so I was down spotting about in this dress at seven o'clock in the morning right and I'm doing all this posing he's taking pictures of me I'm giving him the eyes through my sunglasses looking dead badass (laughs) and I'm like well we need to pack up this tent and go back to the ferry so we go back to the ferry port and where we camped, there's a beach called Galanac, and there was a lodge that's there where you can go and stay at. So I think these people ferry your 
luggage back and for it now to the ferry terminal. So if you're just walking, because you can't take cars over. So these places will, will grab your stuff. The guys come up and spoke to these last seniors this morning. Do you have a nice camp? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, what about the dolphins in the bay this morning? We never seen any dolphins in the bay. You're too I'm busy. too busy. Getting my eyes and <laughs> my dress. <laughs> <laughs> But you and I open up your tent and there's dolphins there, but no, there's just me. You're like, photograph me. <laughs> so we got on the ferry there and the ferry went to Egg. And Egg was the one that I'd been desperate. I think maybe I mentioned that in the last one. I think okay. Egg's always been the thing when I've been on the mainland and you can see it. And I was desperate to go there. So we got off the, the ferry Egg and right away there's this big... Um, it's called um, Lamerick or something. I'm probably not saying it right, but it translates, Gaelic translates into Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And it's got a shop, it's got the restaurant, it's got a gift shop, and it's got toilet facilities. It's just got the story of, it's a community-owned island. So it's got a cracking story there. We had some lunch, went into the the craft shop. I bought a nice bag, got blathering with a woman there. She's lived there for 40 years. She's French. And she oh. chose to come and live her life on her leg. And then the shop was great. I went in. So have you ever seen The Handmaid's Tale? And when they walk in, there's this choice all of a sudden and different things in each day. And I'm like, that's kind of what it felt like. Going, I'm like, oh, my God, there's fresh fruit. I'm getting a peach. And he's like, OK, then. <laughs> but I was like, obviously so excited. So we got some bits in there. And then that lovely French lady says, says like, dump your bags, go and explore. So we dumped our bags and went up that hill that's on eggs. So from a distance, I thought, that looks like a nice wee hill. See, when I got there, I'm like, that's a big basalt column and that shouldn't be climbed. But anyway, we did the walk. And it was lovely up there. But what had happened is, I feel to mention, on the walk up the first hill in Rome, we did a Galaxy Academy with us. And Tommy said to me, look, I think we should make this last. Oh, that's right. right. <laughs> he said to me about having two rectangles. And I says, Tommy, I'm not being funny. I've been single for a long time. And that's not how it works. So if you just give me the Galaxy Academy and don't ever try to ration chocolate with me again. Well, smart ass me no. had been in my own co-op after this trip. After the rum part, went to the co-op and I got to the top of that and skewer of egg and had the whole dairy milk. Well, I never ate the whole thing, but I ate it, I opened it and I was biting into it. Normally I would break bits off and I thought, no, this is my chocolate bar. This is how I'm going to eat it. <laughs> so from there, we could spy in the distance this beautiful, beautiful bay. I'm like, we want to camp there tonight. Now, when I see egg from a distance, I see egg in my mind, it's a nice flat island, right? Mm-hmm. No. It's horrendous. But, We'd spied this van, right? When it, like minibus type van, and it says Charlie's taxi on it. So we got a number for Charlie. We phoned this guy. He's came to pick us up in this van. So it comes charging through the bushes. And <laughs> the Jurassic right, Park. Hi. <laughs> so Tommy jumps in the front. I jump in the back, and then the guy's like, "Would you like a dram?" And we're like, "We don't drink." And I'm not. He was stunned. He's like. Okay, <laughs> we're those. <laughs> You're Scottish. What? <laughs> so we're like, we're going to Lake Bay. Can you take us there? That's fine. So I think Everton's a flat rate of 15 quid on this island. 15 pounds? 15 pounds will get you anywhere. <laughs> so we start the drive and it's up and downhill, up and downhill, up and downhill, and it breaks down. So it breaks down on four occasions, right? <laughs> and he's like, it's a red diesel, and I'm like, I don't think red diesel's allowed, but don't say it in right because you're not legitimate. You're know, bank, don't start the guy on the island. Yeah. And he's like, We've got we just red diesel here, he says, and it's just the water because it's been so warm, it's all this condensation in the tanks. I'll just drain it and stuff. And then eventually, he's like, Here, phone that number you phoned for me. And I phoned it, and he says, Wife, he's like, Go to come pick these two people up. So I end up in the back of this wife's car, <laughs> her car's rattling. 
And oh I'm like, we're never getting there. This is like a really, like, I'm like, nobody's going to believe this story. Nobody. <laughs> so we eventually we get to Lake Bay and this bee faces the Isle of Rum, faces the Boffy would stay that. So we could see this from the Boffy. And I'm like, you can actually see the Boffy in the distance. I'm like, oh, this is the spot. We're gonna, so we literally go up there, close off, swimming stuff on and in. And that was great. So we camped there that night. It was beautiful. And then the next morning, we thought, we're, we're not walking that distance back for this ferry. We're going to phone Charlie. Maybe he's got his, his van fixed. <laughs> so we started to walk up because when Charlie's wife took us down, she's like, oh, I live here. She's like, and I do tea and cake. I sell tea and cake, homemade cake. I'm like, well, I might see you tomorrow. So we walked up to, to her house. We dumped the bags in the road and then walked further along to her house. And um, she phones Charlie. So he's made plans to come and get us in 10 minutes. So we sat there, cup of tea, lemon drizzle cake, homemade by her. Beautiful. Her name's Libby. She brings a jar out. I says, how oh, much is it for the tea? Tommy had a, a whole cafeteria of coffee here and I had about three cups of tea. She's like, she's a donation. She's like, I don't want to give people a praise in case people can't afford it. She's like, I should have a cup of tea and a bit of cake. Oh, that's so, so lovely. sweet. Yeah, she was just so, so lovely. And, and eventually Charlie comes about an hour later. She's dropped in. Again. <laughs> he's, got all these, he's been back and forth with these tourists. Some chartered boats turned up. He's getting a call for some Americans wanting a private tour of the island. And eventually he picks us up and he got back I think we only broke down once on the way back but I thought you cannot go to the Isle of Egg without getting a ride in Charlie's taxi and visiting his wife Libby because I think I don't know I just kept saying to Thomas this is definitely my vibe this is the kind of thing that I could live here like, I think I could retire here so we get back to um, Egg to the main bit and although that building's got all those things in it, this other new building, and it's these brand new toilet and shower facilities. It's got washing machines, a drying area. It's just a really, really good island, and they generate their own power. It's just a really, really, it's quite an eco-friendly place. Mm-hmm. We had a nice shower there, and then we got back on the boat. So we had to go to, we are going to the Isle of Cana, and to get there, we had to go back to Rum first, and then it was sailing to Cana. And it was just gorgeous. We got to Cana about half past five on a Saturday night. This was our last night. I booked a table at this Cana Cafe, which is a dead popular, well, obviously it's popular, it's the only place you can go on the island right now, but <laughs> I think a lot of people do day trips to the island, right. and if you if you like seafood and stuff, you give them your order in advance, they'll land fresh seafood to catch now, so they'll just bring it in to order. Wow. So we went there for some food, finally got my fish and chips, I was delighted, and then we had a lovely camp that night. So the next morning we packed up, we knew we were going to get our ferry back at half past 12. So we dumped our bags on the weed road at the Calmac terminal and we walked to the chapel and then from there, there was a bridge that takes you over at the Isle of Sandy. Mm-hmm. We never really planned, we thought maybe if we go over there, that's us like bagging an island. Got over to the Isle of Sandy, just a little statue there and then we could see this faint path. I thought, I wonder where that goes. So we took the path and five minutes later, we were at the best beach of the whole trip. Oh, really? And it was, and but, but my swimming costume was back in the backpack on the road to the ferry. I think we both know what's coming now. <laughs> we know what's coming. Yeah. Uh, so he, David Bailey there, he's a wee to do a nice video coming through the, the long grass. And there's me, my bra, Nickers, big white ass, the bra, eh, white Marks and Spencer's bra. I'm thinking, thank God for June, Leanne, for going and buying these new bras. Because <laughs> that would have been a disaster. <laughs> then I'm taking down my trousers and it's the biggest cotton Nickers for Asda. <laughs> big comfies and I thought I'm going right in there and it was over on the beach they didn't have any jellyfish uh, every beach we'd been to and Tommy just even in these boxers and we had such a good swim there it was beautiful crystal clear almost like um, bubbles see when you were standing it's like bubbles coming up it's almost like a spa type thing which yeah. is beautiful 
So oh, we walk back to the Calmac ferry, and I'm like, I really need to get clean pants on because I, um, I can't walk like this. I'm and on the boat, <laughs> and it was great. We had some Calmac lunch back in the boat, and then we drove home, and it was just the whole trip was just amazing. And I think for a, like, I've been some cracking trips, and I've been some good places in the world, but I, that's bucket list stuff to me. It's bucket list stuff to go and to get Calmac ferries, six ferries to run. That's that's yeah. probably unheard <laughs> of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we get thunder and lightning here. Um, and then for everything to run on time the way it ran for us, for the weather to get better than what it was forecast, and it's just honestly it was amazing. Uh, so I think when we came back from there, you know, I was tired, and I know the last couple of days of that trip, I was really missing the kids. So, and I'm mindful of the fact that I know they were having a good time with their dads. I don't like to pester them. Um, you know, that's their time to do that. But I had a video call when I got off the ferry. Egg and Jessie, my oldest, she was just Daisy had been at football camp. Jessie's just eating a lolly. I'm like, I really miss you. She's like, All right, okay. And I'm like, oh, see you now. So I think by the time I got back on a Sunday back to my league, and it was a drive home, I'm like, I'm really, really itching to see the girls now. And then there, there was an accident, we had to go a long way. So it ended up being back really late, and that was fine. The girls came home. So we had a week here, which was good because I needed to catch up with the washing, catch up with sleep. Um, and just kind of process the trip because it was, I don't know, I think sometimes when you go a trip like that, I don't know, I can't describe it, the feeling. Like you, mm-hmm. you're sad it's over, you're, you're glad you went, but you're quite sad it's over. And I don't know, you would just, I don't think you would ever get the conditions we had. You would never be able to recreate that trip or the way mm-hmm. we had it with weather or the way we had it with the ferries and or like things like the food. So at times, just you wouldn't be able to get that to be the way it was again. So it's kind of sadness, but it wasn't sad for long because. I was back for a week and then I was away again with the kids for a few days in Aberdeen. So that oh, was just right. my yeah, We went with, with friends and stuff. Yeah, we went with friends. Um, we did it last year as well and just booked a wee hotel for a couple of days and did some touristy stuff up there and went to the, like, the Balmoral Pyramids again. Mm-hmm. I took the kids last year and I, I didn't really see where we were going this year, but I knew at the start of the walk, Jess is like, I know what you're doing, Mum. You're making us go up that hill, aren't you? Like, yeah, <laughs> but I won't ever ask you again. No, I think year. I remember seeing that story. But I mean, when you were talking about this trip, like to us the last time, uh, and then obviously we've been watching, like you going on the trip and stuff. I mean, I think we, I can speak, I don't know, I'll speak for Hannah as well. Like, I think we were just so chuffed that you, like, everything kind of went to plan for you, mm-hmm. but also you got such good weather, like, well, for the majority of it, anyway, yeah. because, like you say, it was a, a kind of bucket list trip. In a way, for it everything was. to sort of slide into place really well. And booked so far in advance as well. He was mm. like, yeah. the ferries and stuff, he was so lucky. We've done that before with ferries, and it's just been like really bad weather, and it's just, it's not happened for us. But then to get the weather, like you were saying about, you couldn't describe what the feeling is. Sometimes when you get those epic sunsets, I always come home feeling like really emotional, but like mm-hmm. in a good way where you're just processing all those memories and like you look back at your photos and you you just like you do feel emotional you can't describe what the emotion is yeah and it's funny you say that because although I come home for a week and I worked and then I went away with the kids for a few days when the kids went to their dance for the second week I went away again with Tommy and Tommy's youngest boys and I think it must have been day two of that trip and somebody sent me something and they're like that's kind of like and it was like an older version of Tommy and I, like on this beach or something like that, running into the water. And I think I did. I had a, like, I had a good cry at it. And he's like, What's up with you? And I'm like, I just kind of believe the summer of it. And, mm-hmm. but in a way, like, I don't know, it's just, 
I'm a big believer. Like, I don't have a lot of things, a lot of materialistic things. I don't nor do I want them. Like, I have a small flat, um, and I don't have loads of things. I live month to month and stuff like that, and I'm absolutely okay with that. It's just all I've ever known. So I think to have the experience I've had, and it is these simple things, but they really are the massive things. So I, I don't need to have a big giant car and all the things that COVID. I just know that I need experiences like this, or I need, I get so much for like simple things like watching the sunrise, even though it's ridiculous time in the morning, or watching the sunset, or I don't know, like even seeing those dolphins. And it wasn't just dolphins we'd seen that trip. We'd seen a monkey whale. We'd seen we were sitting an egg, and this eagle came down and just grabbed a bird, grabbed a like a seagull pigeon or something, just grabbed it, and we're like, oh my god, so. Things like that, like if, if I could appreciate wildlife more, I'd probably have seen a lot more. But um, I just think you don't need, I've always said it's the little things that are the big things. And I think the time I got to our, our last trip was we went to Harris. To meet in the Kent. in-laws. Hi, <laughs> to meet the in-laws. Yeah. I know, I think I messaged you at one point because you were like, obviously, you were just nervous as anybody would be just meeting um, Tommy's parents. And I was like, why don't you send them the podcast? In advance, no. she was like, no. no, 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 because see, when we did the podcast and I listened to it back, and I know I talk fast, and you know, I've acknowledged that in stories as well. I did a wee story in Tyree because after the podcast, I got all these followers as well, and it's mostly runners, so it's obviously a lot of folk because you just have a lot of running guests and user runners as well. And I'm like, nah, I don't run like the only time I did run was the Scottish. 10k and um, Michelle McManus beat me so I don't run yeah. <laughs> it's just not for me but I think that was nice all those people but I was also mindful of the fact that I've um, got this really rough Glasgow accent I talk really fast I'm a bit of slang at times um, but I think it's came across okay for a lot of people people yeah. who know me will be like oh, they can translate like, it you're, our, you're one of our, our, like our most popular episode because you're so likable, but you're also quite real. And I think lots of people identify. See what you're saying about yeah. living month to month, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the small things. I mean, you should have like an immense amount of pride for doing what you've done as well. And I think that's maybe part of the feeling that you feel is like you look back and you go, I did that. Like whether it's right. climbing a mountain or not, the fact is you said you were going to do something and you did it. You know, you should be like chuffed. But also, I mean, there is that sadness that it's that it's done. But then you're like, what could I do next? Well, that's exactly it. We, we went to Harris. We were in Harris and Lewis, and we knew some things we wanted to do there. But we were kind of relaxing as well. It was nice to, to meet his family and just be the wee separate house and stuff when we were there. So it was nice to have that kind of base. And we had a plan to go to Sky for a couple of days at the end of that trip. But we ended up just going to the Calmac office one night and extending the Harris trip. So mm-hmm. like, might as well just stay. And the weather, we ended up really, really lucky with the weather. So the good time there, but by that point we'd already speaking about next year's plans because and like people will probably say, Oh, how should you get so much time off work? I took uh, some time off work last year. I took ten weeks off and I I was tired. I was burnt out from just life, I think, in general and like obviously the COVID nonsense and stuff. I worked through that and like a lot of people did, but I was just at that point where I was tired. So I'd accumulated a lot of annual leave and at the start of this year, I think planning it obviously what's happening with the kids for their two weeks in summertime. And then the things I wanted to do, because before summer happened, I've still been a lot of trips. Like I've got a child-free weekend, one weekend every four. Mm-hmm. And I'll try and do something in that weekend. In the wintertime, i maybe do some bothies and we'll do some camping or we'll we'll do other wee trips, a couple of islands and stuff like that. But right away, I've got the odd trip left to do this year. Yep. And then we're going to be in December and I'm 
take a notebook. I've got a notebook there. I went and ordered myself a brand new one. It's pretty and it's literally, I've got it personalised. It's for 2024 and it's the plan um, next year's adventure. So oh. I've got ideas of what I do. It's just, it's just time and stuff, isn't it? And then, yeah. I think you just, you've, you've obviously proved though that even if you have very little time, if you actually plan it in in advance yeah. and get very clever with your time off, you can actually fit an awful lot in. But definitely, because even like this week, so I haven't done anything solo for a while, probably since about March. I had a wee solo date myself in March and I haven't really done anything else in that time. And, you know, like I talk about it loads. I've talked about it loads on Instagram and stuff, but I, I was single for years and Tom and I have been seeing each other for a year now. He lives in Perth, I live here. And that way... You're so used to getting, like, I enjoy adventuring with Tommy, but I've not done anything myself as well, and I've not really done much. I've seen my friends for the odd adventure, and obviously I swim every week with them. But I'm like, you know what, I've actually done nothing for myself. I did all the things with the kids too. And on Tuesday, I went to work, and the forecast was great, and I thought, you know what, I think I might try and do it for sunrise. Knowing when we were, it was ridiculous o'clock. I was finishing work at 10 at night, and I just committed to it, but I spoke to Tommy on the phone that night, and I was like, you know, I actually feel like I've lost a bit of my confidence with going solo, like... Because I've not done it for a while and it's weird. But anyway, I got up quarter past four on Wednesday morning, got ready, drove to um, Balmaha, forgot head torch. Luckily, <laughs> the moon was shining. So I got up that hill and I was up on top of the hill about 10, 15 minutes before sunrise and the cloud was really low. So I had to wait a bit longer until the sun came up. But it just felt great. It was so, so good. And I was looking down at Loch Lomond and I thought, I'll be in you in an hour. <laughs> so I was straight back down. <laughs> Drove around to my favourite place and then just put a swimming course in and I had a wee so swim. And then when I came back, felt great. I knew I was going to have a nap because I thought I've earned a nap because I got up so early, but I just felt great. I thought, no, I've done something that's for me. You really don't need a lot of time to do it. It's just like I've said that before when Tommy and I had that wee baby one night after work as well. Like, time's precious, like the free time you do get. And I think a lot of people, like I've had, like we've spoken about this before, but the negativity that comes to socials, like do you ever work? Um, when do you have your kids? My kids live with me and I work on social delivers. But what me and my kids choose to do is to make the most of the wee hours in there, here and there that you've got to go and do things. And mm-hmm. like they love it as well, like making plan Bs. We were supposed to be in Ireland last weekend and the, the ferries got cancelled. So we just packed up for the whole day and spent it in Loch Lomond. And we're happy with that. Like they're happy to go and explore. And I don't know, we just make the most of what you've got. And that's that. It's just build things up over time. Obviously, kit and stuff like that. But even that, it's not all top of the range. It's just on a budget what we've got, and yeah. don't know. You just use that time wisely. No, I'm glad you got out and did something solo because I know mm-hmm. that was like a big thing for you um, mm-hmm. before. And like you say, it's great to adventure with other people. But I don't know. I think there is that. Like it's it's kind of the same. But like see with the running, like I love going out with people and having company, but. See, with like the marathon coming up, I'm like, I need to do a long run by myself mm-hmm. because I need, to, and I know I can do it and all that stuff, but sometimes that, like, I need to just be on my own for that mental, like, challenge and resilience to go, I don't need somebody else that will keep pushing me or I need to keep going because they're there and I don't want to, like, slow them down. I'm like, no, I need something that's just me, myself, and that voice in my head. Yeah. <laughs> You need if you're running with somebody else, it's all very good somebody being like inspiring you or having like some positive mm. words and stuff. But I think your mind's your worst critic, and okay. you know you've got to like you're running big distance. I, I don't do it, so I don't know what it's like. But I think with any kind of challenge you're setting yourself, it's just constantly reiterating, "I can do this," and you'll know what parts of your run where you're going to feel 
slumps, you, you'll know at what stage you're going to start to struggle. And is that a mental thing? Because you look at your watch and you can see how many miles you're in. I don't know. But there's points like I, I know Connie Kill and I know it well. But And I feel like my fitness has got to pop. But even at that, I know that I'm not far away and I know what section's coming next. And I suppose with your runs and you'll know what's coming next. It's just, you know, the bits you're going to try and talk yourself out of. Your fitness has got to pop, but like, look at all the, look look at that trip. I mean, I know, but I, that's I, a lot. Been, it's probably the most I did this year though. Let's see, compared to other years, I've been doing more, but that's, it's no stop me doing the things I want to do. It just makes me a bit slower, but I'm quite happy. As long as I've got a wee bar of chocolate in that bag, I'm good to go. Honestly, <laughs> that, sharing the chocolate, I mean, that's just hysterical. Huh? It was serious. <laughs> it, was, it was serious. I was sitting on this little bench. Was this bench up this hill? We were just out of the clegs, so I'd stopped being bitten and I thought, I'm, I'm ready for a wee snack here. And, uh, it was like, obviously the first morning of the trip so we'd snacks galore we'd carried like all the oat cakes and cheese and we'd like salamis with all the good stuff right at the start of the trip you know stuff that didn't really need the fridge for the day yeah and then I'm like oh options and then he's like we'll just have two rectangles no no we'll not have two rectangles no and I've got a picture I'm sure it's in my throat it's a picture I'm laughing and I think he knew then I'm like no don't see when it comes to food don't just don't don't, don't. <laughs> there was something no. I watched years ago and it was like I don't know, it's some celebrity, but she was like, oh, this is like, you know, how I stay in shape. And she's like, got like chocolate in the fridge. And she's like, I just take a bite when I need it. And I thought, that is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Just <laughs> <laughs> the whole bloody thing. The whole moon. It was great. I had some that and I had some oat cakes and cheese there. And I, and I think I was happy to continue at that point. Is that one of the reasons why you weren't talking on the way down? <laughs> I wasn't talking the way down, so I was just trying to survive. Because that backpack... I thought, I'm going to die here, and I'm going to die in the middle of nowhere, and the Calmac's going to break, and nobody's going to be able to go out and get me, and the helicopter won't find me. <laughs> Just, you, think, you think so unrealistically. <laughs> yeah, and, was it? and I think, I feel like I'm quite short, so I feel like my wee legs don't reach mm. down to the next bit as easily either. And I, I, Honestly, I think once you're spooked, you're spooked. So it's hard to get out of that. Can I, I can't imagine mind? carrying something so heavy, and then if it is a bit scrambly or quite steep, that's that extra bit of weight pushing you mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, I don't know. There was points where I was kind of turning around and you could, you could feel your bag hit the rock and stuff as you were turning around and you're like, right, okay, that, that's a bit dodgy. But, but is, is that why you two work quite well? Is he much, well, obviously he's just bouncing down quite happily, but, but is th- he just more calm, do you think? He's calm. He's quite fit. He's He can do things quite quick and stuff like that, but he his backpack as well. He's had a sore shoulder, so I think you're kind of mindful of the fact that he was carrying that. But see, maybe day three, I think I was that used to having that weight on my back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't wait before we went and stuff. And I'd say we, we don't have the ultra light weight stuff, but we've got good, you know, it's, we've got good stuff. It doesn't weigh too much, but um, you did. You, you felt it the first couple of days, but other than that, I just felt it was weird not having my backpack on and eventually to walk about with. And, yeah. Like I said that one of my videos saying it's weird how you get used to just having us and that's that's it. And when I left him outside that shop in egg to go and do that hill and I took a picture to him and I thought that's our life's in that bag and it's the first time I've never been um, any long distance trails or anything where I've had to be self-sufficient on a backpack. I've never had to do that until now. I've been like the odd day or days away or like jumping the train to Karoo or and you've got one backpack, you know you're going away for a night and you get the safety of a train home the next day. We were out those first five days we were out and we never knew what the shop was going to be like we knew it wasn't going to be that great compared to the other ones just for like research online but the we had to take everything we needed and then obviously for doing those five hills we needed a lot more calories and 
lot of different things we'd needed. So I, I think we managed it well. I think we did. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Honestly. Sounds like an absolutely epic summer. If you had to pick one part of it, what what would be your favourite bit? Oh, you make a ginger cake and the custard, I think, because... <laughs> not, it had to be the, food. <laughs> aye, but not for the reason because it's food, but I think the whole kind of everything it stood for, it stood for getting through all those hills, dealing with that bothy, the descent, walking to this place, getting attacked by Clegs, and then to have that last bit that could have been the pure defeat and there'd been no ring pull on that tin opener and then Tommy in that point was like an absolute hero stabbing it right? <laughs> a knife to get this custard out and I just felt oh I could be manic here with the laughter just eating this and it, it was just like a pound slab as you make a ginger cake with a tin of Devon custard and I just thought at that moment I thought you know we've had a really really good trip here this has yeah. went great and see if the rest of the trip didn't go good I'd have been still dead grateful to have seen that island and Auckland, we ended up seeing five islands on that. And then obviously we'd been Tyree, we'd done Gia, we did Harris Lewis, um, Great Bernara and Scalpy, I think it was, or something like that. Scalpy. Did you go to the lighthouse there? No, we didn't go to the lighthouse. We just went to public toilets. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't bad ones, actually. I never good. And I'll tell you what else, we went, we went to Great Bernara. I never realised that Boston Beach was there anyway, but we got there, right. And again, I never had a swimming costume. <laughs> we know what's coming it was, yep, it was just two women out and this was our last day we were going back on the ferry that night and there was two women out in the water swimming so I just um, thought I'll go wear my bra and pants but then I just took the bra off I thought I need that bra I need to wear that there's no way I can go on that boat tonight without a bra on so I took the bra off went in just my big Asda knickers so I've got several pairs of by the way it sounds like I just swim in the same pair of pants or walk about in them all day but got in the water absolutely beautiful and then I just seen, and I'm shouting, he's videoing me, I'm on the beach, and I'm like, oh my God, it's like natural buoyancy, and they're just bobbing about in the sea with a swell. I just went up and down. And when I came out, I put my dry robe on, because I had that on as a jacket, because it had been raining that day. And just as that, like a, I think it was a Canadian tour bus, because there was some big event on in Stornoway that night, they turned up, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm so glad I'd, like, obviously I was out before they, they'd seen anything, but I was so glad I did it. And that was just one of those moments, again, like, you see an opportunity and you're just taking it. So it was great. Oh, there's, there's definitely something in like the whole buoyancy thing because I always feel like mine do try and escape out the top of my costume. I do find that like any costume I've got on when I come out, they're like <laughs> sitting higher. <laughs> I, I think whenever I've got a seven costume, it's the only time mine's look good. And I'm like, oh, get a picture of the girls now. Because <laughs> if I were to take the costume off, it's just carnage. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind those dolphins, take a picture of me. <laughs> See, we're seeing the dolphins and stuff. See, when we got to Harris, we went to drive one night and we were coming back. And I was like, I'll oh, stop here and looked. I was like, there's a minky whale. And he's like, I very good. I'm like, that's a whale. And then the next day, we drove to this other beach and we were going to swim at it. And he literally pulled up at the beach. And I mean, on the edge of this path. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's two basking sharks out there. That's and he's like, I'm like, that's basking sharks. And I put a video on and there's a girl um, on Instagram that I follow and she drove back. She's like, that is basking sharks she'd seen. I'm like, see, I'm like, Ace Ventura, Scotland style. What would be your biggest tip then after that whole summer of travel? What is your number one tip? I would say get to the islands. It's affordable. So that's me saying that and I don't have a lot of money. Get to the islands, even with kids. There was some fun stuff on every island. and you could, So you can get this book. It's called The Scottish Island Passport. And it's got like a brass um, 
kind of like a stamp. So you would just rub over it and you would just stamp your passport. So I, I would get to the islands. My kids have been to a few islands now. Um, I, I've been recording them on the Rock Islands, actually. I think I've been about 26 or 27. But I think, you know, the Calmac thing, I get the whole kind of risk. Because even like the, with Aaron, you're, Hannah, you're speaking about going to Aaron as well. I'm like, oh, it's just that... There's always that worry when you're on. I've been on Aaron when they've not been able to get the ferry back. Then you're driving down trying to get on the last ferry elsewhere. But the I would just take a chance on it. I would just I would make I'm like people want to holiday abroad and stuff. That's great. But see if you can afford another wee trip and you could. I would just go. I would just go basic, slum it, accept the camping, just have the experience. Even if it goes to port now, like just to go and have that experience and yeah. and because you'll never know it. And I think. Sometimes people go, oh, I don't know how you could do all that and you've not a shower for two days and stuff. And I'm like, that's small in comparison to the experience I've just had or what I've just seen because you're not going to see all those things. You're not going to see them in a city. Yeah. Oh. Honestly, I'm, I'm in awe. I mean, I have to say, though, like it will take a bit to get me camping again after we did that Loch Ness 24 and it pissed <laughs> down the entire time we were there. And it was... Did you not take a big, a big tent, Hannah, for everybody to sit in? Yeah, yes, Hannah I, did. She was the saviour. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I almost didn't take it because um, my sister had borrowed it the week before and then brought it home. I'd left it in the kitchen and Steve had put it in the loft and then gone to work. And I was there trying to pack the van. I'm thinking, I'm missing something. And I was like, he's put it away. He's tidied up after me. So I was like, I looked at the loft hatch and I was like, hmm. How am I going to get it out of there on my own? So I was like trying to drag it down the loft hatch and I was like, mm, I might just leave it. I'm so glad I didn't. Like everyone would have just hidden in the tents and there'd have been no social aspect at all. Yeah. And I bet the social aspect would have got you through that trip anyway. Like not through the trip, through the challenge that they got you through. Like yeah. having people that yeah. support each other at the time. Yeah. So definitely. Maybe, uh, yeah, if I could just be guaranteed all right weather, I think I'd be up for camping again. That was just difficult. That was like, and even just coming home, it was like everything was just disgusting. You yeah. know, the smell of dampness was just radiating off us all. <laughs> That's Scotland, wasn't it? Same. The, the last two weekends have been like this, the hot, you know, hotland as as it now is. <laughs> because, and I'm like, where was that weather? Although, I mean, I hated to have run in that weather. So, yeah. I'm never happy. I'm never happy, Leanne. So, it's all good. <laughs> But, um, it's going to kill down, hopefully. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost winter. But no, oh, thank you so much, Leanne, for coming up. We'll wrap it up because, honestly, that was just... I'm, I'm in awe because I think every time I listen to you, I'm going to... I go, right, I'm, I'm going to do something, like, crazy. But thank you so much for sharing it. It's no, been thank awesome. you for having me. Um, I'm sure you. you've got... You've gave, given Hannah more ideas of places to visit in Scotland. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode follow us on instagram at adventure blether we'd also love it if you could share rate and subscribe to our podcast bye nailed it nailed it <laughs>